if y'all want to be good shepherders, there's a few things you got to remember. Number one, stay awake. All right. And number two, ask questions. No, no, not, not now, Benji. I just mean, you know, ask questions if, you know, something don't look right. If you get a strange feeling in your gut. For example, that, uh, <laughs> that night all them angels showed up. Most of the guys were asleep, but uh, not me. I was awake, just like my daddy taught me. Yeah, yeah, you bet I'm bragging. Being awake is what separates the boys from the men. So there I was, sitting down by the fire, wide awake, and I got this strange feeling in my gut. You know, like something, something big was about to happen, but you don't really know what. And that's it, you just... Sometimes you just don't know, you know? So I get up, and I walk over this little rise, and then, bingo! I see the biggest, scariest-looking angel you ever did see. I mean, not that I had seen one before. He looks at me, and this big angel, he says, don't be afraid. Too late. (laughs) But then he gets this real calm look on his face, and he says... I got some good news. A baby was born, and he's going to save the world. He's over in Bethlehem in a feeding trough. Then all these other angels show up, and they start singing, Glory to God. It was beautiful. Then they left. Now that's not the type of invitation you get to receive every day, especially if you're just shepherd. But me and some of the boys, we went and we we met the mother and and the child. She was surprised to see us, I think. Um, We told her what had happened about all the angels and all. I think that tickled her pink. (laughs) We all stood around for a while, kind of like when a baby lamb is born. And about the time you realize everything is going to be okay, you kind of just, you know, settle in and enjoy it all. But this, this was different, because this was the world-saving baby. And we get to brag about him. And Benji, I've been awake ever since. Have you ever searched for someone before? Whether they, because they were lost or because they were upset about something and you just, excuse me, you just wanted to find them. Maybe it was a parent or a grandparent who suffered with Alzheimer's or dementia and they kind of lost, they got disoriented, they lost their way and you had to go find them. That happened actually in our family just recently. It can, it can be scary when that happens. Maybe, maybe you have the typical Disneyland story, right? Or the mall story. Where you turn around for just five seconds in the crowd of people and bam, the kid's gone, right? How many of you have had that experience? You, maybe your spouse did, not you, right? You, yeah, exactly. Or maybe it was a situation where a kid ran away, you know, and you, you, in those moments you just had this sense of panic that comes over you and you think, where could they be, right? Can you relate at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those feelings that we have when someone that we care about is lost. 
You know, I was just speaking with someone between the services a little while ago, and he actually served most of his life as a deputy U.S. Marshal. And he said, I used to look for people all the time. That was my job. And he said, unfortunately, most of the time it didn't turn out well in the end. You know, my wife and I, uh, one of our favorite TV shows these days is an NBC series called This Is Us. Any of you watch this series? I love, love this, this show. It's in its second season now. And I could, I, one of the things I love about this show is every, every night when you watch it, there are these multiple stories happening all at the same time. And you're trying to keep track of each one and how they're fitting into each other because some happen in the past and then some are in the present. But they're all weaving together. And one of these stories is about the life of a guy named Randall. An African-American boy uh, originally in, in the 70s, but then also in present day. And Randall was born at the same time that another family had had triplets in their town, though one of the triplets was stillborn. Randall's parents couldn't care for him, so they left him on the steps of a firehouse in town. And a firefighter brought baby Randall to the hospital, and he was placed next to the two surviving babies of the triplets. These parents, who were mourning the loss of their one stillborn son, asked to adopt that baby, and he became part of their family. Now, Randall grew up to be very, very smart, became a very successful businessman, and he had a family of his own, but he couldn't give up searching for his real biological parents. And even as a child, even as a child, we see these scenes where he keeps a running tally of every black man that he meets, wondering if maybe he's the one who's his dad without telling ever his adopted family what's really going on inside of him. And finally, finally on Randall's 36th birthday, he runs into and he meets his biological father, only to discover then that his father, his real father, is a recovering addict with terminal cancer and only a few months to live. That long search didn't end up as Randall had hoped, but instead led to deeper pain and disappointment. Searching for people isn't always a pleasant experience, though we hope that it would be. You know, throughout this series, we have experienced the stories of people, very different people in the Christmas story, who are all searching for someone. They're searching for Jesus. And we've asked ourselves, as the sermon series title suggests, and as the old Christmas carol goes, what child is this? Who is Jesus, really? We opened this series by looking at the wise men, right? And how they had traveled great distances to search for the king of the Jews so that they could worship him. Last week, Brian talked to us about King Herod, who was searching for Jesus also so that he could destroy him, right? And today we're going to look at the shepherd's story and their search for Jesus and who they would ultimately see him to be, hopefully to help us with who we see him to be today. So what child is this? It's an important question. It's a question that billions of people have asked themselves over the centuries. What child is this? It's a question that wasn't asked of other babies born then or even now. Today, entire religions form their beliefs in part around who they see this baby is. And they have quite different opinions, correct? I mean, take the Jews, for example. Many Jews see Jesus as a great political reformer and teacher. Muslims believe 
that Jesus was born of a virgin and that he was a great prophet, but still that he was just a man and nothing more. Buddhists say he is an enlightened being, full of compassion, and Hindus see Jesus as a self-realized saint who reached the highest level of God consciousness. Yet Christians throughout the centuries see him as God, come to earth in a human body to save and establish a relationship with humanity. Now, you've heard the story already. Our kids did a wonderful job of presenting it from Luke chapter 2 this morning. But I want to take just a moment to look back at that story once more and to see how the shepherds saw Jesus so long ago. It says right here in in verse 8 that the night Christ was born, there were shepherds nearby doing their jobs, protecting their sheep, just a bunch of ordinary guys pulling a late night out in the fields, when it says that they were suddenly surrounded with this bright light and an angel appears in that moment and speaks to them. Now, why would the angel show up to shepherds? I mean, were they the only ones awake that night? Why in the world would the angel choose to talk to the shepherds about this? I mean, why not talk to kings or religious rulers, people of influence, you know? Why shepherds? I mean, who cares if a few shepherds are there for such an important history-altering event, right? I mean, these weren't the wealthy or the elite. They didn't have a voice really in society. They were the poor. They were the ignored of society. They were seen as ignorant, uneducated outcasts. And these were the ones that the message first came to. These shepherds were terrified by the appearance of this angel. That same sense of panic that we've had when we've lost someone, when someone has disappeared, is what they felt when this angel appeared. But this angel tells them not to fear, but instead to be filled with joy because the Messiah, this one that they had waited for for centuries, was finally here. The Savior of the world had arrived. Then a bunch of them show up, a bunch of other angels show up around and they're praising God and singing praises to God and then they just disappear. But before the angels disappear, they tell these shepherds something, right? If you look at this passage, they tell them where to search, where to find this Savior. They tell them to to go toward Bethlehem, which was a very little town back then, probably not too hard to find. And then the angels give them another clue to make sure they can't miss this baby. They say, find the baby in town who is wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a cattle trough. That'll be the one you're looking for. Now, my guess is that night in the little town of Bethlehem, there weren't too many moms who decided to leave their babies in a cattle trough to sleep with just a few strips of cloth wrapped around them. But that was the one who was to be the savior of the world, the one they were told to go search for and find. So just like Daryl did all of his young life, These men start looking. They start searching for someone that they had never met. Why? Why would the shepherds even go to look for this baby? The shepherds were on a quest because they now saw Jesus as a Savior to be sought out and shared with others. I love how the message paraphrase uh, continues it on this, in the next point. It says, as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, this is a message paraphrase, it says, the shepherds talked it over. 
Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. They searched and they found Jesus. These shepherds may have lost their own boys a few days later when King Herod gave his decree that all baby boys be be destroyed. But in that moment, in that moment, these shepherds couldn't be more excited. They were so excited that they had to share this good news with others. Everyone that they came in contact with, everyone they could find, they had to tell about what had just happened. Later, Jesus described himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, right? That's what we celebrate every Easter. He's our shepherd, so he already knows us. And we can know him, too, if we choose to search for him. So what child is this? He is a savior. A savior to be searched for and to be shared with others. Just as those shepherds did that first Christmas night. This Christmas, guys, we have a choice. We can, just, we can choose to just sit back and enjoy the Christmas pageants and the parties and the presents. Or we can also search ourselves. We can seek Him out. And we can share Him with others. You can be like a shepherd yourself, sharing the excitement with others of what Christmas is really about. Why it's changed your life and changed the life of those around you those in your family, those of your loved ones. And even invite them to join you here next Sunday at Christmas Eve as we experience that excitement ourselves. The shepherds saw Jesus as a Savior, a Savior to be searched for and to be shared with others. Christmas is a time where we are brought face to face with a loving God who longs to be in relationship with us, to shepherd us, Sometimes we search for someone in this world and it doesn't bring us a lot of joy, right? Sometimes when we're searching for someone, it comes with a lot of panic or pain or or disappointment. At best, maybe a little bit of relief at the end. But I bet that if you search for Jesus this Christmas season, that that search will be different. That's a search that can change your life. It's a search that can bring excitement. It can bring a better you in the process. It's a search that I went on in college back in 1991. And I made some, my share of wrong turns in searching for him. But I eventually found him in that little college town of Statesboro, Georgia. It was a search that my wife went on that very same year after immigrating from Peru to the United States. And finding her way to San Francisco and into the doors of a small Baptist church on the south side of San Francisco where she came face to face with her Savior. So may we all be like the shepherds, either seeking Him, searching to discover who Jesus really is in this life, or once we find Him, once we know who He is, may we, like the shepherds, without reservation, share Him with others, others who are searching, searching for something more out of this life, but you're not yet knowing where to find it. Guys, each one of us, we have a decision to make. 
this Christmas season. We can just drift through the holidays. We can enjoy it and everything that it brings, and we should. Or we can choose to go on this search ourselves. Whether we're looking for Jesus or walking along someone else, side someone else who is looking. So oftentimes I think we get so wrapped up in the Christmas season and we're thinking about the things that we enjoy that we forget that there's a world searching for something more, something that's real, something that matters, right? And we have that answer. For those of us who know Jesus, we have that answer. So may we be like the shepherds and share that message boldly courageously filled with joy because we know that that same joy that we have in knowing him god wants to share with others would you pray with me heavenly father i just want to thank you for this opportunity today to be here to watch these kids perform the the christmas story lord it just brings so much joy to my heart every time i watch our kids do this uh, on a sunday before christmas eve Lord, I thank you for life, and I thank you for the the excitement and the anticipation that they bring to the holiday season. Heavenly Father, today we come before you, all of us, on a journey. Many of us, we're on a journey where we're searching for something more. We're searching for something that matters in this world, something something that's eternal, something that um, is bigger than ourselves. And Lord, as we come up on this Christmas season, I pray that those of us who are searching for that, that we will find it. And Lord, I pray that they would be able to find it in you, just as I have so many years ago. Lord, for the rest of us, we are, we are on a journey and we are not, we're not necessarily searching anymore, but hopefully we're sharing. We're sharing what we've learned with others who are on that same search. God, I pray that even in the next few days as we get closer and closer to Christmas Eve, that you would help us to be so mindful of the people who are around us. Those who are uh, in the line at Starbucks when we get coffee in the morning, or those at school, those at work, those at Fry's Marketplace, wherever we might find ourselves, Lord. Would you help us to have eyes that are open to see those who are searching for something more? And Lord, may we be able to share just a little bit with them what we have found. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ, or if you did long ago and you've kind of walked away from that search and now you're finding yourself back on the search again, I want to encourage you today to say yes to Jesus, to place your faith and your trust in Him. Yeah, You may not have all the answers. Everything might not be tied up in a nice little bow like those presents under the tree when it comes to your spiritual life. But I bet that if you reach out in faith today and you place your trust in Him with whatever faith and trust you have, God will meet you here at that point and your life will never be the same. It will be an adventure. So if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to pray with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess that I need something more. I I need, God, I'm not sure what exactly it is that I've been searching for, but I am starting to think that that might be you. God, I long to have a relationship with you, whatever that would look like. I, I would long to have this close and intimate relationship that 
Pastor Davis talked about so many times that he's experienced even in his own life. God, I ask that you would come into my life today, now, and fill me with your Holy Spirit as I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord. Lord, I I say that in faith, trusting that it will all make sense in my life in the months and years ahead. God, I ask that you would forgive me of all of my sins, all those ways that I've disappointed you, that I have broken your heart. And God, I ask that you would come into my life and begin to change me from the inside out. Make me into the man or woman of God that you have called me to be. Lord, I, I, I am in a place now where I don't have to search anymore. I found what I'm looking for. And Lord, now I want to share it with those who are closest with me. Thank you, God, for being so present and real today in my life here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.